Hey there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons & Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was only made possible by the Arts, Cultural, and Heritage Fund in Windsor, Ontario, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric Branchett, and I'm thrilled to present to you another episode of Undergrad, A Monster Hearts Tale. Previously on Undergrad. After freeing the poltergeist Rufus, Dr. Egan and Iris returned to the fraternity house and began searching through Rufus's old yearbooks. In those, they discovered that the current vice president of the university, Dr. Silver Tree, could be their next lead to lead them under the rose, that mysterious hint that Coffee Bob gave a week prior. Fed up with his demon overlord and its demand for Cain to break up with Iris, Cain summoned a much more powerful demon, who takes the form of a young boy, to destroy his former master and take its place. This demon wants the couple to stay together, on one condition, that Cain be brought to Iris's world one day. Soon after this, Iris confronted Cain, and the two reconciled with each other, the two closer now and more in love than ever before. Evelyn tried desperately to reach Dr. Egan to confront her, yet the good doctor seems to be eluding the witch. While catching up with his band in the sober light of morning, Alexis informs Zack that the smallest member of the box squad, their most hated rivals, Friedrich Dingelhoff, has invited Alexis to the box squad's Halloween party. But more on that to come later. Finally, the society members each returned to their respective homes and found a personalized message inviting them to the super fun time learn to be a leader day camp that Oakhurst was sending them on. We're going to skip all the events that occurred there for now, but they will be featured in our very first secret episode collaboration featuring 10 players. I, I know, that sounds crazy, but it really happened. Nothing happened over the trip that changes our tale. So if you're tuning in from episode 11, fear not, you've missed nothing. The only thing that I must mention that happened during our special is that Kane's new demon bestie gave him a small talisman that he is to distribute to any member of his class when he gets the choice. Woo! Well, that was a mouthful. Let's get back to Oakhurst and the good old 90s. Let's get back to undergrad. Chapter 12. A Class Act, Part 1. Just as the dawn is breaking on the very first day of Oakhurst classes for 1990, Josh wakes up and begins and gets ready for his grand opening of Coffee Josh's. He stretches his hand as he's got a cup of coffee in his hand. He's doing a little dance to himself. He's uh, just really thrilled about this ever since he found out that he was inheriting Coffee Bob's out of literally nowhere about five days ago. He's put all of his effort. He's literally turned his life around. He was going to study like archaeology and he said no to that. He's dropped out. Now he's in part time for business classes just to help him learn how to run this. But uh, the moment Iris pulled him over the cafeteria and he was making coffee it just felt so right to him and he's just so excited and really the entire town of Oakhaven has been so nice to him you see business owners of, of all kinds coming over and offering him free help and free material and everything he could possibly need he's just so thankful for the town the only thing that he wishes he could change of course is the non-stop construction happening outside of his house you know, they seem to be working on some sort of sewer system. It must be pretty old because they've been working on it for a long time. But no matter. You know what? It kind of adds to the ambiance, he guesses, that really working feel for a town. And the one thing that he's been anxious to do, you know, ever since Iris left to go to the party, she just never came back. And he did wait for her for their, they, they had a, a hangout that next day and he waited for her the entire time and she never showed up. <laughs> 
and he didn't get her number, unfortunately, because she never gave it to him. And he looked for it in the directory and he, he couldn't find it. Coffee Bob had a very strange way of keeping notes that Josh is still not really quite sure how he kept organized. And he's never been able to find Iris's number until after uh, searching and searching and searching and finally coming across a very polite bellhop named Jeeves. He <laughs> finally discovered Iris's number and uh, now is the time. And he kind of dances his way into the back office with a really tacky floral tile pattern. And as he opens it up and he sees the phone, he dials the phone and he waits and, and it, uh, you know, there's uh, there's no pickup. And he leaves a message going, uh, uh, hey, Iris, this is uh, uh, Josh. Well, I guess Coffee Josh. <laughs> um, so s something weird happened and uh, Coffee Bob died apparently. And I own the coffee shop now. So, you, you know, if you want to work here, uh, just just let me know. And, and I can, and then the answering machine cuts out before he can finish. And he puts the phone down and goes, oh, God, that was, I, sh I definitely should have rehearsed that. I just <laughs> such. Ugh. OK, it's OK. And he chugs the rest of his coffee and he gets ready. And uh, before he leaves, he notes that on his cork board, he's hung up the note that he found inside Coffee Bob's desk labeled to him. It was labeled to Josh. And as he looks at it, you can see that it reads, Dear Josh, if you're reading this, it means that I'm either in custody or dead. <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of questions about why I did what I did and why you now own this fine establishment, but that's really neither here nor there. All that matters is that if I'm a good judge of character, and I think I am, you'll take over just fine. I'm someone who believes that everything happens for a reason, and when Iris commandeered you without you knowing anything about coffee and you took to the skill of baristaing with such perfection, I knew that the world and the universe had brought you to me on the night of the most important night of my life. You were brought here for a reason. No matter what you hear about me, I'm sure that they'll never fully encapsulate the whole story. But I do wish you luck on all your caffeinated ventures. My only regret is that if I succeed my task, no one will know who I am or what I did. If I fail, the name Coffee Bob will be as infamous as Dahmer, Bundy, and Gein, which I all find very, very abhorrent, though that pales in comparison to everyone at Oakhurst being totally and utterly doomed. I hope for your safety. Love, CB. And he gives the note one more read, and, and every time he reads it, he swears he picks up maybe some sort of, you know, he's tried to decode it a few times. It just It's such an odd note. He doesn't understand. He, he literally exchanged words with Coffee Bob two times. But, hey, this is his dream. And as he looks towards the front door, he sees the lineup of uh, students and faculty and Oak Haven residents alike as they gather around the block for the grand reopening of Coffee Josh. And on that, our camera fades to black. And welcome back to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast brought to you by Tall Tale Theater Collective. We are back with another episode of Undergrad, A Monster Heart's Tale. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah, oh, man, great. fantastic. <laughs> Ready for class. This is what I Heck love for. Heck yeah. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> Cue the school bell sound effect, because I can do that in post. Yeah, we go. are. <laughs> We're going to class, everyone. Now, I'm sure if you had listened to our last episode, you're thinking, wait, they were going to a summertime fun camp. That actually is a special three-episode arc that we recorded with a Toronto company named Skipping Stones Theater, and they play a lot of Monster Hearts 2 up there. So we actually combined with them and did a total of a 10-person campaign. And I know that that's sounds absolutely mind-boggling, but we swear it actually turned out pretty damn good. And uh, so if you're interested in seeing what kind of wacky summertime camp adventures that the uh, students and faculty of Oakhurst did with the students and faculty of Lovecraft High School, be sure to check that out on our Patreon and you'll have all sorts of information about our Patreon during the commercial break. Now, back to the game. So is everyone ready to go to class? Hell yeah, yes. let's do it. <laughs> 
Awesome. Did anyone else uh, during our our fun or anything like that? Did anyone level up and take anything cool? Oh, as a matter of fact, I did because I'm bad at rolling dice. Uh, I took uh, the move Siren Song from the Selkie uh, playlist. Playlist skin. That's the word. <laughs> I like playlists. It works for Zach. Yeah. It works for Zach. So I can roll with cold. Um, all who hear it are entranced. If I get a plus ten and uh, on a seven and nine, they can possibly break out of it. Cool. Okay. Nice. Nice. Everyone else rolled pretty okay the whole time, if I'm not mistaken. I leveled up, but I took uh, just another uh, plus one to hot. Which brings your hot to? Two. Nice. <laughs> You're too hot. Get it? I, I too hot. hotter I camp. Okay, so without further ado, let's get to, which I'm sure you've been listening and you're like, wow, what are we on? Episode like a billion and they haven't gone to class yet? Don't worry, I swear. It's, <laughs> it's finally happening. In fact, it's happening right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> So you all drove back from the summer camp and you arrived back at Oakhurst the following day. You're all pretty tired. And so, you know, you, you had gone your own ways. And as you all headed back to your dorms, you realized that there was a letter waiting for each of you on your beds. It was in this kind of old envelope sealed in wax. And you opened it up and you saw that it was from the chairman. And the chairman said, hello, everyone. I do hope that you've been enjoying your last few days leading up to class. I do just want to say that when class begins, the society, the dormitory lounge of the society, will be open for your free use whenever you need it, as a place to study, hang out, debrief, whatever you'd like. I would also like to invite all of you formally to dinner the night of your first classes. I'm anxious to hear how everything went. Best of luck. See you soon the chairman that's so cool that we get our own space yeah, there oh my god like a headquarters <laughs> yeah it's sick and on that everyone kind of goes their own way and uh you really the next few days of welcome week go pretty much without you know without event uh, you kind of start to get your your books together and, and get your class schedule going. So as we go into that, why don't you each tell the audience uh, what sort of classes you will be signing up for and attending for your first day of class? Kane's got, uh, as a film major, he's obviously got Film 101. So yeah. <laughs> uh, the worst part is he knows nothing about film still. I mean, he knows a little bit now, actually. He knows a little bit about Citizen Kane. That was brought up a lot. And then... Uh, he learned a little bit about the movie Carrie at one point too, so that's what he's going in armed with. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kane, on on your end, Kane, your intro to film class, you see that the professor's name is Mo Picton. <laughs> so Mo Picton will be teaching the uh, intro to film class. Uh, how about Iris? So Iris is undeclared, and she just, um, actually her aunt picked most of her classes, just at random, just to give her, like, experiences in different subjects. So she's taking a life art class, and she has never done art, kind of like Kane, uh, besides, you know, maybe, like, some flower chains and some rock statues. So it's going to be great. I'm really excited. So Iris, as you look over your itinerary, you see that life art is being taught by Professor Babette Largille. Awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, and uh, when you bought her book, because her book was on the list of books that you had to own, she was in fact a clay pottery shaping virtuoso. Oh. And that was, her Her whole thing is a French erotic clay shapes. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And it's just like pictures of her shaping these incredible works of art that are incredibly sexual. And she's smoking the whole time. Every picture that she's in, she's got a cigarette in her mouth. Lovely. So that is Bebette Largile. Mm. And let's go next to Evelyn. So Evelyn is majoring in history, but she also needs to take some electives. So she spoke with Nick about what types of classes she should take. And he mentioned that he was GAing for a class on public speaking. And so she decided to take the class. Now, Nick, 
is GAing this because Nick is in law school and he found, uh, as you were having this conversation, you know, he just expressed that that was really, really, uh, it was really a game changer for him. So, um, Evelyn, when you arrive back at your dingy crack hotel that you call home, <laughs> you find your itineraries on your bed. It's definitely got some water stains on it from your ceiling yeah. at this point. Uh, but you do see that your public speaking class is run by a professor named Cicero. And that's all you get from that. She kind of side eyes it a bit, seeing that the professor only goes by one name. <laughs> <laughs> And let's go with All Zach. All right, uh, so, I mean, Zach is taking the minimum uh, amount of credits uh, to be a business major. <laughs> you know, he's got Business 101. So, Zach, your first class will be Business 101, and it is taught by Professor Otto Snoozen. <laughs> And that is when you all get your itineraries, like I said, the next few days are really just about gathering the books and uh, nothing really of, of event happens. The Welcome Week festivities keep on going. Um, the kind of quad area is still packed with carnival games and fun and when t-shirts and you know, there, there's all sorts of stuff that kind of pushes on into the week. And as the week slowly dies down, before you know it, you realize that it is the evening before your class. Uh... <laughs> but before that, before that, before that, we are going to cut. So, of course, we have left out Dr. Egan. Mm. Dr. Egan, you were at work over, you know, the next few days. Mm -hmm. And after one of your sessions with Jeremy, mm -hmm. had a little, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. meeting of the minds, shall we say. <laughs> As he is preparing to leave your office and that sort of... Um, hypnotic, uh, you know, thing you do wears yes. off and he kind of regains where he is. Uh, your door is knocked again as soon as you shut it and you hear a knock at your door and you open it and it's Jeremy, of course, and he goes, oh, um... <clears throat> yeah, hello. Hi. So good to see you, Jeremy. Uh, Elizabeth, it's yes. it's so, so great to see you. I, mm. um, I, I was hoping to ask you something. Oh, uh, do come in. Oh, thank you. I haven't been here in a while, mm, he says, yes, as he <laughs> walks in and goes, <laughs> and he looks back at you and goes, listen, I wouldn't ask this if I didn't think you were perfect, but uh, would, would you mind speaking to a bunch of the medical students, a bunch of the medical PhD students about... Uh, about your research, and, and 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 I know that if I put it out, we could get we could get nursing students, and we could get uh, even even more faculty. We could pack the place. It, it really could be something special. Oh, you know, I don't like lecturing. I, I have I have, I'm working on something right now, and I'm almost at a breakthrough point. And but that's exactly why we need to hear from you now. You are at you're at the cutting edge of something, and 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 just just imagine, so, somewhere in the audience could be. Anyone to help you with that with that final solution that you're working for, or perhaps sh share some mm. of their findings with you? It could it could revolutionize everything. Mm, that's true. And your work is incredible, Elizabeth. Your 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 work really is something special. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course she's kind of you know still high on the uh, the the uh, his blood and <laughs> yeah. sort of feeling in a good mood, <laughs> and she says, "All right, I'll do it for you." I do, I do owe you one. How about we grab mm -hmm. dinner sometime after the speech? Actually, I do have plans for dinner, but perhaps late night drinks? Oh, that actually sounds wonderful. <laughs> My place? I'll be there. Excellent. And as he walks out, you see him just kind of like casually rub his neck like it's a bit <laughs> irritated. <laughs> and he leaves. So, Egan, of course, on the first day, you'll be giving a guest lecture. And just before you know it, the days fly by and you're looking at the eve before your first day of college classes. So, um, Kane and Iris, are you going to be together this evening? I would say probably. Kane yeah. doesn't really want yeah. to try hard. He's just going to kind of see how it goes. He's more nervous than anything. So I think he needs the support to be like, man, like, I don't know anything about <laughs> film, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, sense. so... Our camera cuts to Kane and Iris. So, um, where are you and what are you doing? Avery, if you agree, I feel like um, she would want to support Kane and actually watch a movie. 
Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but she would let him pick, even though he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Oh, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> Unless we ask Jeeves for recommendations. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that, because Jeeves probably okay. has more movie knowledge than Kane does. Okay, so you go down to the front desk, and of course, Jeeves is there, dutiful as ever. Um, you see that he's working on a pile of shoes that have been sent down for polishing, and he's just kind of putting on just the most glistening polish you've ever seen. He looks at you and goes, Ah, Master Kane and Madam Iris, how may I help you? Hey, Jeeves, uh, it's nice to see you. Uh, those shoes look amazing. Always good. I, oh, really, sir? It's really not my best work, but I do try. Um, uh, so, I got first day classes tomorrow, and I'm, I'm definitely a little I nervous. Know. Exciting, isn't uh, it? Yeah, I uh, forgot that now we have to actually try in, like, an educational way. Um, this is a college. You can forget after so many parties and murders and everything, but no, yes, this is a college. Yeah, it's been, like, three days, but it feels like an eternity already. Um... Mm, ten episodes, in fact. <laughs> and Kane lifts his eyebrows like, what? <laughs> uh, so, so, Jeeves, do, do you have any movie recommendations to kind of set me up with some knowledge for tomorrow? What kind of film would you like? Uh, are you in a, in a mood for anything genre-specific? Like, he goes like, horror, or action-adventure, and he does like sword-waving in the air, or romance. You pick Kane, whatever you want. Horror. I feel. I feel like we're gonna be talking about some horror movies on the first day. Is horror like, like scarish? Ish. Uh, yeah. It's kind of. Okay. It's kind of like. Yeah. Kind of like okay. fighting some man on top of a building who's holding a knife and trying to kill your friends. Scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we basically already done that. We're fine. Yeah, it It'll be, be no great. Sweat. <laughs> I think I have just the film for you, sir. And he goes, one, one, one moment, sir. <laughs> and he begins to kind of fiddle around in the back. And you see him slap something on the table and goes, 1973, The Exorcist, sir. Um, oh. Uh, uh, Kane kind of like rubs his neck and he says, do you have anything that kind of doesn't have to do with demons? It hits a little close to home. Oh, sir, I, I do have to say, this was the first horror film to win an Academy Award. Nah. It quite literally changed the genre. Damn it, okay, oh. fine. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh, look, there's like a little girl on it. Or ish, youngish girl. Yeah, she, yeah, seems, seems, seems very nice. I'm, I'm sure she's a protagonist in some way. I wouldn't get used to it, madam, he says. <laughs> oh. Okay. And then he says, if you're looking for something a little bit more, shall we say, erotic after, I could also <laughs> give you something that I find is just a very, very naughty film. And he pulls up Casablanca. <laughs> 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 it, is, it is so easy to roleplay Kane right now because I have not seen, like, most of these movies. So this, this works out. <laughs> I covered my eyes through a majority of The Exorcist, so it's perfect. I remember that, yeah. And you just pulled over there. front of you, too. Oh, I was there. Oh, I was, so like, funny. one of the people who forced her to watch uh, it. <laughs> Good times. Oh, man. He goes, sir, so I couldn't give you these two films. Would you like any artisanal popcorn and <gasps> beverages brought up? Oh, yeah. I, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be great, Kane, my first movie. Wonderful. I will send our five-star popcorn up with carrots in just a few moments, sirs. We will meet you upstairs. You're the best, <gasps> Jeeves. Oh, and you too, sir and madam. Hmm. All right. This is your first movie, Iris? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, where I come from, we don't have movies. We don't have TVs. You gotta take me there one day. I'm so curious about, like, where you come from and what it's like there and, you know, your family. I'd love to meet them sometime. Oh, yeah, I think I'll see what I can do. I, I think I can make that happen. Beautiful. <laughs> and I kind of just give her a peck on the cheek. I'm like, all right, you ready to hide behind a blanket? Uh, I'm gonna need to hide behind a blanket? Oh, I just heard that's a that's a thing they do because you're scared and got to You okay. know what? No, no, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as you head upstairs, you see that Carrots is waiting there with a tray, kind of balanced on this pouch thing that he has on his back, and on it is a bowl full of homemade kettle corn and alcoholic lemonade. Oh, that smells so good. Thank you, Carrots. And I give him like a little bit too hard of a pat on the head. Yeah, Iris, you just hear him go, Fuck yourself, you fucking self-righteous turdbag. <laughs> That's my boyfriend. Don't talk to him like that. 
your boyfriend smells like rotten eggs. No, he doesn't. He does not smell like rotten eggs. Kane, you don't smell like rotten eggs. You said I smell like rotten eggs. Um, the horse just starts like biting at, at, at your jeans. Uh, Kane, he goes, why does you smell like rotten eggs? Okay. It's so okay. strong. It's fine. You're just adding to the style of it with more tears. I look cooler now. Thanks, carrots. He stops and he, and he, he looks at you. Hmm. And uh, he just kind of flicks his back in the popcorn and just gently slides off of him onto the ground. It doesn't spill. <laughs> he takes care to kind of, sh you know, shimmy it off and, and then just kind of clops back. And you know, he's like, I used to be a racehorse. I almost run the Triple Crown. Look oh. at me now, serving artisanal popcorn to douchebags. <gasps> <gasps> and then she like, Iris turns to Kane and she's like, maybe you should sleep with your door locked. I'm kind of afraid he's going to come in and attack us. I thought we were spending the night together. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, I figured I'd be at your place. Ah, gotcha. Cool. <laughs> I love I love being in a relationship. Are you ready to watch the movies and get ready to ace film 101, Kane? And to not smell like rotten eggs while doing it. <laughs> you don't. Don't listen to him. He's just jealous. He's a horse. I'm not, I'm not very jealous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So as you go into your room, Kane, and you put on Exorcist, Iris and Kane, you're both in for a terrifying <laughs> treat. Yep. So as the opening credits begin to roll, our camera fades away. And Zach, how do you spend your night before you begin your first day of classes? Zach just goes ahead business as usual. He's probably up to like two in the morning, uh, writing new songs, uh, listening to uh, new albums, and just not giving a fuck about his education. <laughs> okay, so as you're working on that, your phone rings. Uh, he answers it. And you hear, Hello, is this Zach Wilder? Uh, yeah, dude, what's up? Hi, Zach. I am the secretary for your parents, and uh, your mother is on the line. Would you like to speak to her? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Put her on. And you hear, Hi, honey. <laughs> hey, Ma. What's up? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I just wanted to check that you're doing well in school. Oh, yeah. I'm studying real hard. I'm, I'm going to my first class tomorrow, actually. I thought I'd just, you know, kind of brush up on uh, what they're teaching me before I get in there, you know? Your stepfather and I heard that it was your first day, and we just wanted to wish you well. That's great. Cool. <laughs> You'll be sending your grades back, right? So we can make sure that you're, you know, staying consistent? Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't forget it, Mom. I, I know that's, uh, that's one of the things about being here, is that I gotta send you my grades. <laughs> and remember, as tempting as it can be, you really want to stay away from parties and drugs, Zach. What? <laughs> Mom, <laughs> you know I don't do that kind of stuff. We're, we're like straight edge kind of stuff, you know? Oh, I I know. I know that you're my little boy and that you'd never do that. But, you know, I, I have to get worried. You know, one hears things about boys in college. <sighs> well, you can be uh, resting assured that... None of that kind of shenanigans would be happening to, uh, to old Zaki. He cringes oh, as oh. he says that. <laughs> oh, my Zach. What? Oh, oh, your, your stepfather wants to talk to you. And the phone gets taken and you hear him go. Hey, uh, do you mind if you just wait outside for a second? I just want to give him a talk here, man to man. Oh, of course, you two boys have your talks. Okay, I'll be in the kitchen pouring myself a martini and Xanax. <laughs> And oh my god! It's the nineties, And he goes, "Hey, so uh, Zach, yeah, you ready for class? Yep. You're not gonna be a total fuck up this time, are you? Nope. I'm gonna be able to call Professor Otto Snooze, and he's gonna let me know that you're top of your fucking class, right? Well, uh." Yeah, that's if that's how you want to spend your day, sure. I, I mean, I, I like to do things that, you know, don't involve you, but uh, if you want to get up in my grill, I guess you could do that too, Alan. 
<laughs> Listen here, you fucking pot-smoking hippie. I don't give a shit if you want to give me fucking sass, but if you so much as tarnish the family name or embarrass me at all because I put my neck for your mother's sake to get you there, I will fucking drop you like a bad habit, you got me? In case you didn't know, Alan, I don't have your family name. I'm my own dude. I'm a wilder. Yeah, that's the one saving grace about all this. Cool. Fucking asshole. He pulls out his, his big-ass briefcase, which is just filled with songs about angst about his, his douchebag stepdad. Is it just, like, overflowing? It's, it's totally packed. Most of the songs aren't good, but every couple, you know, he might worm his way into uh, to something that's workable. You hear a knock at your door, and Travis peeks open and goes, Hey, man! Welcome back! Hey, dude, what's <laughs> up? I hope, uh... Hope things weren't too boring without me. Honestly, man, I did peyote in the woods for three days. Total, total blur. Uh, dude, if I had peyote on that fucking thing, that would have been whack. Ah, uh, next time, next time. The only thing that happened is look, and he just shows you his right hand. He's missing a pinky. Totally oh. woke up after my oh, peyote my trip. God. No, no pinky. Dude. <laughs> dude, what the fuck? That's, that's metal as fuck, man. I know, right? And here's the weirder thing. And he he reaches in his pocket, he picks it up, and you see that he has a guitar pick made from bone. And he goes, and I found this in my pocket too, so I'm not really sure if it's my bone or it's something, but I figured here, you could have Dude. it. Dude, hell yeah, man. Oh my God, I don't even know what to say. It's just been, holy shit, holy shit. Dude, dude. Hey, dude, it's a gift from me to the peyote to you. Oh, man, come on, bring it in, bring it in, man. Yeah, and you you know, you can even feel he like rubs his like little pinky stump against <laughs> your back a, a little bit. And uh, then uh, he goes, oh, one more thing. And you see the mug that he's walked in with. He extends the mug into a bong and says, want to do mug bong shots before we have this stupid day in class tomorrow? Oh my God, mug bong shots, dude. Dude, you know just how to fucking cheer me up, man. This is great. Let us begin, he says, as like the lighter lights up his face. <laughs> and our camera fades from Zach to Evelyn. The camera opens on you. What have you done uh, to prepare for your day of class tomorrow? Um, well, she's really nervous about starting her first day of class, especially knowing that Nick is going to be there. So she spent some time picking out her cutest outfit that she's going to wear tomorrow and prepping in terms of reviewing what the class syllabus is and what she's going to be expected to do for the semester. Um, the other thing that she has been trying to do all week is get a hold of Professor Egan to talk to her about the voicemail that she left to her in her office before they went to camp. <laughs> Which Egan has totally ignored. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she's been she's been periodically stopping by her office throughout the week trying to catch her, and she's never been there or hasn't been answering her door. Don't know. So she's going to give it one more shot tonight before classes start. Yeah, I feel like one time you knocked on the door and you swear you heard the click of the lamp like turn Aww. off behind behind the doors. You were like, eh, excuse me. <laughs> Okay, so as you make your way out of your dorm, you see that there seems to be like some sort of rat war happening over in the corner. There seems to be like one rat group and the other rat group are waging war against each other for rat supremacy over this dorm. Either way, you're going to lose whoever wins. So you just, you know, you walk by and you see one with like half of its ear missing seems to be leading its charge with its with its uh, brethren against uh, their foes and seem to be holding sway. So that's good. She just looks at them and she kind of yells like, can't you guys just get along? And then she walks away and starts heading back out. <laughs> so you arrive at the biology building, which is where Egan's office is located. And you go downstairs. By now it is it is quite late. And uh, yeah, you give a knock on the door. Um, Egan, are you there? Well, what time is it approximately? Uh, let's say this is like 9 p.m. Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, so Egan, there is a knock at your door late at night, as opposed to the more daytime that she's been coming. Right, 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 exactly. So she's thinking it's Jeremy, right? Who else would be knocking at nine o'clock at night? She's like, Definitely. oh, dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, she, so she gets up and uh, she kind of flings open the door and it's, oh, 
Evelyn. Hello. Hi, Dr. Egan. Hi. Um, I, I'm sorry for intruding you? so late. Um, I've been trying to get a hold of you all week, and oh. you just haven't seemed to been, be in your office? Right, right. The the, the message. Um, I'm so sorry. I, I've been so busy lately. I I, I had this this uh, this experiment I was running, and it was just really... I, I, I got your message, and then I, I just got so caught up in my research, I never, I never had a chance to, to respond. Oh, um, no problem. I'm sure you've been really busy, and I hope everything's going well. Um, but yes. what I want to talk to you about is pretty important, so I was wondering if you had a couple minutes? Certainly. Uh, come in. Uh, okay, thank uh, you. Why don't you close the door if you, if you okay. need to? Okay, she closes the door. Elizabeth uh, goes to behind her desk and sits down in her chair. So, what's going on? Well, I guess there's no real easy way to frame this, but Dr. Egan, yes. you're a vampire, right? <laughs> <laughs> I saw you in the vision in the frat house when you were trying to sober me up. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You're, you're a vampire, right? I, I feel like you know about me that it's only right that I know about you. Evelyn, don't be silly. There's, there's no such thing as vampires. Really? You can't... I, I'm sorry, but you can't pull that on me. And look, I'm not going to tell anybody, you know? I, I really appreciate that you haven't told anybody my secrets, and I would never want to give away yours. You know, I I just want us to be able to be honest with each other. Of course, I, I, I won't reveal your secrets. Thank you. And then she kind of pauses and stares at, at Evelyn, sort of weighs the whether or not she's actually going to tell her the truth. And then she says... Very well. Yes, I am a vampire. But it is extremely important that you keep quiet. Oh, of course. This. I'm not going to say anything. Because you have to understand, you are not the first person who has come across my secrets before. What I mean is that the person who revealed my secret, they didn't... I didn't hypnotize them. They received other punishments. Do you understand? Okay, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of different options of what that could be running through my mind right now. But look, look, I'm not threatening you. I'm just explaining how serious this is. You have to understand, every time I move to a new place, I have to assume another identity, and this is not an easy thing, and it is very difficult to get a faculty position just in general and to be able to hide my identity and to get a position. Now, of course, I could always hypnotize the, the hiring committee, but I would like to earn my position. And so I've only been here for five years and I only have perhaps another five good years left before people start realizing that I'm not aging. So I'd like to stay here because I, I feel like I'm on the verge of a breakthrough and it's really important that I stay here. And if you let people know, I. I could be kicked out, or worse. I, so I promise I won't say anything. And, you know, I, I want to make sure you stay here because, you know, you've helped us all out a lot. Uh, and I wouldn't want to do anything to jeopardize that. And, I mean, I, I know what a pain it is to have to uproot your life also. You know, yes. I've already had to do that before. And I guess if you count coming here, that would be a second time. So, um, yeah, I, I know how tough that can be. So do we understand each other? Yeah, yeah, I think right. we do. Thank you. And, Evelyn, as you leave the office and make your way back to your dorm, you see that the rat with a half-chewed ear has successfully destroyed all of his opponents. <laughs> and the his, his gang of rats seem to be having, like, a little rat party, and they kind of scatter as you get too close. <laughs> She just kind of shakes her head and keeps walking. <laughs> and you arrive back in your room and you see that Whiskers is already curled up on the pillow next to yours, fast asleep. Aww. Yeah, she just gets ready for bed, petting Whiskers as she falls asleep. Our camera fades back to Egan. Egan, Evelyn has just walked out of your office at this point. What are you doing to prepare for your guest lecture? 
Mm. Well, she's been uh, working uh, as she does because she, uh, she she tends to arrive early and stay late. And she you know, usually stays till around 10 p.m. doing her research because it gives her a chance to be in the lab uh, just by herself. And she realizes, oh, God, the guest lecture tomorrow. <laughs> she has completely forgotten about oh, no. it. <laughs> so she kind of starts to just jot down notes about, uh, you know, what she wants to talk about and you know she gets her transparencies um you know like the overhead transparencies old school uh together (laughs) and stuff and then she just kind of sits there and thinks like oh i gotta jazz this up some way and so she just starts to to write down some ideas about ways that she can kind of you know begin with a bang so dr egan we the camera kind of fades out on you uh, after this conversation uh, frantically scribbling to you know capture lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. for this uh, very important lecture undergrad a monster heart's tale will return after a brief word from our sponsors and now a word from our sponsor antonino's pizza our specialty is pizza that's what we do it's what we do best. We don't offer pasta, we don't offer wings, we don't offer fries. We stick to what we do best and we believe we do it better than anyone else. The best pizza in town or your money back every penny. We have three locations, South Windsor, Tecumseh at Manning and Amy Croft and LaSalle on Malden Road. And now a word from our sponsor, Brimstone Games, your one-stop shop for all your tabletop needs. Located at 1421 Tecumseh Road East in Windsor. Coming in early January 2021, the Fantasy Fantasia podcast presents its very first secret episode collaboration with Skipping Stones Theater, a three-episode arc set in the Learn to Be a Leader day camp where your favorite undergrad heroes guide the students of Lovecraft High through a day of adventure, hilarity, drama, mischief, and danger. Episode one will be released for free. That's right, free. Episode 2 and 3 can be yours for only $3. For more details, follow our social media pages at the Fantasy Fantasia Podcast or visit our website, talltaletheater.com. Hope to see you there for Fantasy Fantasia's very first secret episode collaboration. And now, back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. So on that, our camera fades away. Our camera opens back up on a dark room with the flashes of the TV showing on Kane and Iris, who are probably both of them uh, up to their nose each pulled up their blankets. Oh, yeah. As the final credits of the exorcist roll. Iris has like a death grip on the pillow and she's like so close to Kane and her eyes are just wide. Why did we watch that? Why did we watch that, Iris? I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. No. I'm going to feel like ass for tomorrow. Kim, can your head spin around like that? I can, I can try. But I, I don't. And he like kind of whips his head back in a circle a couple times. He's like, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Trying to lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> and you can't walk down the stairs like that because I am not going to unsee that. I don't think I would even try. Okay, to so be honest, his eyes were closed for that part, so he doesn't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, it was just it was just make believe. That's not the way real demons are like, right? Yeah, I no, mean, that's you know. No, yeah, they're actually <laughs> and he kinda like hits pause on the TV. Um my demon is uh very, very different. He's actually um I guess I've really not never openly talked about this, but my demon friend is kind of a a little boy. He calls me his bestie. Wait, no, my aunt said that demons are all scary and horrible and manipulative. I mean, I feel like he's so nice, but given context, it's even scarier because of how nice he is and his, and his job. Yeah. And he, He's always very malicious sounding and he wants a lot of blood. But other than that, he looks like if you were to see him, man, you would think he's like <laughs> just like a, a little kid. Like, I don't know, very nice. But uh, yeah. Huh. Are you still wearing that the pentagram necklace? Yeah, I never take it off. Okay. She like reaches out, still holding the pillow for safety and like touches it. <laughs> and she just kind of like picks it up and puts it in her hand and she says, "Do you think I could maybe meet him one time? I mean, 
he seems to be really important to you, and he's your bestie. Um, Kane's eyes widen for a moment as he's never actually thought about that as a reality or like that a chance of that happening. So he's kind of like, you know, you know, this isn't the same as meeting the family. You know, like this this thing is dark and not really a good thing to have around. So. I, th- I think I'd rather keep it separate as possible from you. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. No. Um, I guess I just wanted to talk to him to see if he could be nicer to you. Oh, I mean... So you're not... I mean, he, he is nice to me. Like, he, he gives me what I need, so that's good. Um, but not, I, don't, I don't think you'll ever meet him. I'm, I'm sorry, Harris. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I just... Yeah, I just... Curious. <laughs> what it's like to be dating someone with a demon in their head. I never thought that to, that would happen. <laughs> I never thought I'd be... Not that I'm complaining. Uh, yeah, no, we're, I feel like we're both starting to get, like, awkward and, like, very, like, no, it's okay, like, uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he's like, no, I've never dated anyone with giant rainbow wings, so that's that's kind of cool, too. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so your first day of class, what, you, you nervous, or...? A little bit. Yeah, I, I haven't really... I don't even really know what a life art class is um my aunt kind of picked them for me i'm a little nervous because i feel like they're expecting a lot from me here um and i don't really want to disappoint and be more of an embarrassment to them an embarrassment why they you're an embarrassment to them you'd say um (laughs) well compared to my cousin yes um he kind of we a lot of people in our clan look up to my aunt and my family Um, and I just feel like I can never be as good as him. I can never be as good as my cousin. And I don't know, I guess that's why I just never really tried. And that's why I kind of wanted to come here for a fresh start. Well, Hmm. I've never met your cousin, but I can guarantee that his wings aren't as cool as yours and that he's not as nice (laughs) and bubbly and outgoing and that you warm the room more than he ever could. Aw, her, she like slowly releases some grasp on the pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Kane. Yeah, I uh, I guess I will let you in on this though. Um, when we went to camp, my demon, I asked for something, and he ended up making a deal with me where tomorrow on my first day, I gotta, I gotta give this, this really old-looking talisman thing to one of my classmates, and he pulls it out, and I can't remember exactly what it looks like, Eric. Um, would you be able to describe it again for me? I believe it looked like a little Blair Witch thing. It looked like a little twigman. Oh, okay, okay, thank you. So, so he kind of pulls this out of a drawer and walks back over and says, I, I don't know what it's supposed to do. I just know that I'm supposed to give it to someone. So that's it's kind of what? weird things like this that I got to do. But do you think it's going to hurt someone? Uh, try not to think about those things. <laughs> no! <laughs> she like takes it from him. She goes, no. And she like kind of backs away from him. She's like, you can't give this to someone. It, it's 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 got to do something bad, right? I mean... Demons are bad, so it's not like it's just gonna um, make his wish come true or do something nice for them. What if, what if it kills him? What if, what if it turns into a monster and just attacks him? Or Iris, I Iris, know. Iris, just—it's <laughs> one of those things where you—I don't have a choice in the matter. I have to do these things, otherwise there are worse consequences. She has the coin behind her back. <laughs> Give it back. <laughs> and he extends I, his hand. Please. I, please. I don't know. Pretty please. Iris, come on. And he kind of starts walking up and tickling her a little bit. Come no. on, give me the no, towels. No. Ha! Got it. <laughs> she drops it on the floor. Okay. <laughs> he dives down and grabs it. He says, I'm... Maybe this is why I shouldn't really talk about these things. No! No, 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 no. I'm, I'm glad you told me. I'm glad you told me. It's just, you have to understand, as a, as a fairy, we're only supposed to be supporting and bringing good into the world, and we don't like negative things, so it's just, um... It's something I have to get used to. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah. I want you to tell me. I want to help you. I don't want you to push me away again and make me sad. I won't. I promise. You know. Maybe this is hmm. classic case of opposites attract. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, maybe one day the demon will let you go and then you can be a free person again and live out your life. And Cain, like, he kind of looks down for a moment knowing his sort of timeline and he says, Yeah. I look forward to it. Hmm. Maybe it'll happen real soon. Maybe before you graduate, and then if I stay here, we can 
go and like explore the world together. I haven't really seen anywhere else of the world besides my forest in here. Let's uh, let's let's just focus on right now. And we got first day of classes tomorrow. We gotta get some good sleep, right? right? Oh right, sleep. You promise your head's not gonna turn around while we sleep at night, right? You're not gonna do that floaty thing, right? Promise. Not that kind of demon. Okay. <laughs> In the middle of the night, though, she definitely, like, if she's awake, she kind of just turns and, like, just makes sure <laughs> that he's not doing any of that. <laughs> Funnily enough, Iris. Oh, good. Oh, no. Oh, oh, man. You wake up in the middle of the night to, yeah, I, I, to kind of do, like, a check. And, oh. yeah, no, Kane, Kane is sleeping safe and sound. Oh, okay. It, coming from the living room, you hear... The music from the exorcist. Oh, shut up! <laughs> you, I actually oh got scared myself. <laughs> what do you do? She immediately like jumps on top of Kane in like a death grip, and she's like, "Kane, Kane, 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 is the demon?" Kane doesn't budge. What? Kane is out fucking cold. <laughs> you almost feel like he weighs a lot too. Like you, you can't shake him as much as you could. She checks if he's breathing. <laughs> yep, he seems to be breathing okay. okay. I think she just, honestly, she's probably gonna try and ignore it and just go under the covers, like fully submerge under the covers. When you submerge under the covers, you see the kitchen light turn on. You can see a tiny boy's shadow being cast and you just hear, Iris, Iris, come here. She like, under the covers goes to like the foot of the bed and like slowly <laughs> peeks out out she's like you right see... next to kane's feet too like oh. she's like glued to him <laughs> you just see that the shadow is is waving at you <laughs> don't be afraid <sighs> oh are you are you him are you kane's bestie <laughs> He laughs, and he turns around, and his shadow runs away into the living room. Oh. Mm. She kind of, like, looks back at Kane's feet, and then back to the <laughs> back to the living room, and slowly creeps out of, out of, oh, uh, I'm assuming she's naked, so she pulls, like, a blanket over her. It's a child, <laughs> after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she slowly makes her way. She, her heart's still pounding, though. Like, she's, like, f- still, like, reeling from the exorcist. As soon as you open the door, you notice that the kitchen light that was on is now completely off. And you, you open up the door to a completely dark kitchen and living room, except the light of the TV is shining. And you can see just rocking on a chair is a tiny figure whose feet aren't touching the ground. And his hand is in a bowl of popcorn and he's eating as his face is just cast in shadow. And he turns up and stops rocking and looks at you from across the room. He's pretty far away and he goes... Hi, Iris. Hi. I'm Iris. Oh, you said my name. I'm sorry. I'm a little scared still right now. I know a lot about you. You're really pretty. Oh. Well, thank you. That's that's very nice of you to say. You're very cute, like Kane described. Um, I don't think I'm supposed to be talking to you, though, because Kane doesn't want me Sit. to, and I don't... and he points his hand down to the ground, and you, you, you feel yourself get pulled. You slide across the floor and slam down onto the couch next to him. Okay. And you see that the scene that's being played is, is the when her head turns around. She looks away. You can see now, Iris, that when you're close, this boy, though he's mostly in shadow, you can see his feet and his hands very clearly and the parts of his uniform that are showing, but his face is cast in shadow, but what you can see are two large green eyes just shining back at you. She's pretty scared right now. I'm not gonna lie. She's pretty scared. You wanted to meet me. Here I am. Oh, I, 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 I wanted to meet you before Kane said I shouldn't. I just want to make that clear. I don't want him to get mad at me. Oh, no, don't worry. I wouldn't let Kane get mad at you. You're special to me. I'm special to you? You are, yes. Anyone's, anyone special to Kane is special to me. I'm his bestie, after all. Okay. So you're going to tell him it's okay and that I, and that it's okay that you're, that we're talking? Oh, it's probably best that you don't tell him. It's, you know, he's oh. going to get worried. You, you know our Kane. <laughs> he's such a worry bunny. 
Yeah, but uh, you see, I'm I'm not good at keeping things inside of myself, especially in this human body. It's very hard. Popcorn? Um. He hands you the bowl of popcorn. Oh. Sure. And she takes some, but she doesn't eat it. She just kind of holds it in her hand, and she says, "So, um, is there a way that Kane can get rid of you if he wanted?" Well, you see, Iris, sometimes when people make choices, they have to live with them. <laughs> I'm not a bad person. I'm just a banker. And oh. he made a withdrawal, and now he has to pay up. And I'm just making sure that everything is okay. You you understand. It's all about balance, silly. <laughs> oh, and her eyes light up. It's just like, balance, that's... Yes. It is all about balance. Wait, um, what did Kane do? I'm afraid we have a confidentiality clause. You understand. Mm -hmm. Right. That's <laughs> really up to him. As his bestie, I can't divulge that. Can you tell me what that coin's gonna do? Is it just like a present for someone? Ah, so this is actually where we hit a bit of a pickle, Iris. Oh. I like you, and <laughs> I want to help you in any way that I can. And you see, from the shadows, his smile starts to, like, creep up towards his eyes. Like this massive smile mm. that's stretching across his face, almost temple to temple. And he goes, I really want to help you. And I'm really rooting for you and Kane. But if you dare fuck with my plans again, I will rip off your wings and shove them down your throat as I kill your entire family. She, like, immediately jumps away from him. As soon as you drop the bowl of popcorn, you realize that maggots spill out all across the floor from the bowl, and you turn around, and you see this boy who's who's face-to-face uh, -face with you as if he's flying off the ground, and, and he goes, What's the matter, Iris? Don't you want to kill? And his mouth, like, stretches open wide. She starts as, screaming. And he grabs you, and when you wake up, the same grabbing sensation is Kane over you, shaking you because you were screaming in your sleep. Wake up, Iris. Iris, wake up. Jesus. You okay? She actually, like, steps away from him for a little bit. She, she like, moves away, sorry, from him a little bit. She's like, oh, hi, hi. It was just a nightmare. You're okay. Bit of a The Exorcist movie in your dreams or what? Get back to bed. We gotta get some sleep. Although you're a little sweaty, you might want to wipe off or something. <laughs> Maybe a shower. Maybe a cold shower instead. It's it's fine. Hey, King. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's best right now you don't tell me what your friend wants you to do. Maybe you were right. Yeah. Duh. That's that's perfect. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And then she just kind of crawls out of the bed and, and goes to the shower. And when you crawl uh, and you open up the bedroom door again, you see that the morning light is breaking through uh, the windows of that hot tub balcony into the living room, and everything looks totally fine, except the bowl of popcorn is spilled mm. on the ground. <laughs> okay. And on that, the sun breaks over the mountains kind of surrounding this campus and the sunlight hits the lakes and the oak trees, filling the forest with light, hitting the clock tower as the clock chimes 7 a.m. Hell yeah! Yes. We made it! <laughs> and the first day of classes at Oakhurst begin. Hey there, 
Thanks for listening. Tall Tale Theatre Collective is proud to announce that we are expanding our podcast network to now feature two programs. We will continue to present our horror series, Night Terrors. Welcome to a world of thrills, threats, and terrors. Night Terrors is an anthology radio play podcast that will bring you face-to-face with your nightmares. Come listen, if you dare. Introducing our newest program, Fantasy Fantasia, which includes two RPG podcast campaigns. The first is Dungeons & Dragons Legend of the Silver Flame. Experience laughs, suspense, and triumph with a motley crew of adventurers who could be the last hope against great evil long thought to be vanquished. The second is Monster Hearts Undergrad. Follow the tale of romance, mystery, desire, and murder as an unlikely bunch of mostly pubescent monsters navigate their social, academic, and supernatural lives at Oakhurst College. Listeners even get the chance to weigh in on the action of both campaigns. For more, visit our website at www.talltaletheater.com. Tall Tale Theater Collective. Grow with us.